Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Talk to nice sleep. Freak. Four-eyed creep. Retard. Dickhead. Nerd. Douchebag. That's what they used to call me in school. It's not that I couldn't fit in. It's just that they didn't allow me to. Always an outsider and never in the cool kids' groups. I didn't have any friends growing up. My family moved around the country a lot, so I just had to follow them to whatever city they headed to next. It was exhausting, but there was no other way around it. You see, by the time I was 15 or 16, I had already changed 12 different schools My folks always said, it's gonna get better, Danny. It never did though. I was verbally abused, made fun of, beaten up, you name it. I was a constant target for the bullies of whatever school I found myself going to. I had almost lost hope. The dark bags under my eyes sometimes whispered to me it was time to give up and to move on to another world. I didn't know if such a world existed, but I imagined that it had to be better than this one if it did. Finally, we settled in the town my dad grew up in. When one particular winter came, that thought was chased away by the snowflakes that fell slowly on the ground. It took just one night for the town to become an infinite vastness of white. A blanket of snow was laid on the ground coating everything living in white, sending the world into a long, deep slumber. The evergreen hung heavy with the snow that now laid on the branches. With every falling crystal of ice, the world became more silent. At night, I could only hear the violent beating of wind that screamed like a monster from hell outside my window. It made me wonder what lurked in the darkness of the night, what predators waited for easy prey to just appear before their ravenous eyes and sharp razor-like teeth. I shivered at the thought, and certainly, I didn't want to find out. Somehow, though, I did. It was like some unseen force in the cosmos, or an all-seeing eye in this whole universe wanted to let me know that there are other things here living with us. I woke up the next morning in an odd, happy state. It was the last day of school before the winter break. That meant I had more time to focus on my projects outside of school. I loved painting a lot. My parents said I was gifted with it. I never thought so. It was just a pure hobby that I very much enjoyed doing. I can still hear my mom's calm voice calling me to the kitchen to come and get breakfast. I instantly jerked awake, realizing that I didn't hear the alarm clock ringing. I quickly jumped in the shower, then went downstairs to eat. There you are, little Goya, 
I made you some hot cocoa with scrambled eggs and toast. She looked at me, eyes filled with motherly love. Mom, of all the people in the world, I expect you to call me by my real name. I mean, Goya is cool and all, but I want to be known by my own name when I'm famous. I told her, and then we both started laughing. <laughs> I heard the front door close shut. It was my dad with a shovel in his hand. Ew, I just cleaned the front alley so we can leave for work, honey. First, we're gonna drop you off at school, kiddo. I think I'm more excited than you for this last day of school, huh? Remember you promised you'll make me a nice piece to hang in my office, right? Dad asked me, his cheeks all red from the cold outside. Yeah, Dad, of course. It just might take a while to do it, though. I just hung up the phone with some rich guy who commissioned me to do a $3.5 million painting for him. <laughs> I said after taking the last bite of food. Real funny, Mom replied. Inside my family, I felt like a superstar painter. They were both so supportive of what I did, and I didn't want to fail. I loved Goya, Blake, Dor, Klimt, Beksinski, and even Barker's weird paintings were a source of inspiration for me. But I didn't want to be any of my idols. I just wanted to be myself. I think I knew that my own life and experiences had to influence my style as I progressed in life with this passion of mine. By the time I finished breakfast and got dressed, the snowstorm outside had died down. The sun shyly showed half of its face on an otherwise gray sky. It looked like a light bulb that was close to death due to a terminal disease. Cancerous, sickly yellow, and depressing rays of light started to fill up the horizon. It was like Mother Nature herself painted the perfect, sad picture. When I arrived at school, I realized that I hated it. Not that particular school, but in general. What was the point of going there if 80% of what we learned would never be used in real life? I walked a few more steps when I felt a boot kicking me in the back the pain was almost instantaneous. It exploded from my lower back and crawled to the base of my head like it was transported by an evil elevator. I fell flat on my stomach, and then someone took off my beanie and spat in my hair. A burst of laughter echoed throughout the corridor, and I saw Boots walking by passively with no intention to help me. A cacophony of voices echoed through the main hall, every one of them too busy or too cold to help or care about me. I just didn't want to get up. I wanted to lay there forever and pray to whatever gods existed that the earth under me would swallow me whole. The laughter intensified and I heard that awful voice calling me names again. Morning, fuckface. How's it going? Did mommy drop you off again? Was it too cold for your little wiener to walk to school? Damn, I hate your face, creep. Kevin the Bulldog said. Of course, I ignored him. Bullies hate you even more if you ignore them. I wanted to scream. I wanted to be strong and kick his face in, but the effort was too much for me. He was this big, unhealthy looking guy who only ate fast food. 
He used to steal money from other kids. We were all too afraid to tell on him, and no teacher knew about his demented behavior. His dad was in jail for murder, while his mom used to sleep around to make some extra bucks. Or so was the gossip in town. All this rage that he had inside was probably because he had a dysfunctional family. He needed to let it all out on weaker kids. That way, he felt like he was somewhat superior. Maybe his sole purpose in life was to inflict pain on others. Maybe that was what got him off or made him happy in a sick kind of way. He left with his gang of like-minded kids, their collective laughter reverberating in that otherwise lifeless building called school. I felt tears running down my face, their bitter taste slowly reaching my lips. I didn't hate the guy, I just wanted him gone. When I got up, I realized he stole the money from my wallet and he placed a chewed up piece of gum inside. It was disgusting to look at. Fuck you, Kevin, I thought. After school was over, I left with a sigh of relief and started walking back home. Between where I lived and school, there was a small patch of tightly knit trees, a small forest that was now sleeping soundly in a winter's embrace. After all I've been through that morning, I felt inspired by the events and decided to stop and contemplate those trees. They were very tall and so close to each other that it looked like the night itself was trapped inside the forest. Even more than that, they looked like some eternal guardians placed there to look after what lived inside that small patch, to stay vigilant and to not let it escape. I advanced toward the small forest, wanting to get a good angle for the sketch I had in mind. If all went well, I'd sell this online, figured it would make a few good bucks so I could buy some small Christmas gifts for mom and dad. I noticed the trees getting bigger and taller as I got nearer. I got my pencils and paper out and started drawing. Not long after, I got distracted by some voices that came out of the forest. There was laughter and popping sounds. It disturbed the silence and it got me off the mood for drawing. I couldn't draw unless there was absolute silence. Advancing towards the place where the voices came from, I saw that there was a group of kids who were drinking beers and smashing bottles against some rock formations. They were smoking cigarettes and playing with fireworks, letting out strange, crazy howls while getting absolutely demolished from alcohol. I stepped on a branch and the cracking sound made one of them turn around. Seeing the face of Kevin the Bulldog, I instantly froze and fear started coursing through my veins. He grinned when he saw me, his eyes instantly shining with a crazy desire to hurt me. That's an ugly face if I ever saw one. What you doing here, stupid? Did you follow me here for more ass whooping? You kinda like it, don't you? You're one of those freaks that love getting beaten up and hurt, am I right? He said, belching. He snorted and spat in my direction. Well, you got another thing coming, you fucking asshole. Boys, get him. They all howled and ran to catch me. Kevin broke a bottle and its neck was the sharpest thing I'd ever seen. 
We gonna kill this son of a bitch. Hurt him really good and draw a dick on his stupid face. Another kid yelled. I turned around and ran like there was no tomorrow. I was scared for my life. I wanted to get home as fast as I could. But the longer I ran, the bigger the forest got. I felt trapped inside the maze of my own demise with those little monsters that were out for blood. It soon dawned on me that the worst monsters are humans. A wind started sweeping the forest as if a giant creature outside drew breaths in and then let them out. Here, piggy, piggy, piggy. Oink, oink, come on now, pig. Run before we'll get you. I'll cut you up real good and hang your skin in these trees right here. I'll bury you where no one else will find you, creep. Kevin shouted. He was running out of breath, yet he still wanted to get me. Wherever I looked, the trees got denser and the exit wasn't there. I felt exhaustion kick in and it wouldn't be long until my knees would all be rubbery and give out. Hey you, there's a trench to your left, go hide there. I heard a voice giving me instructions, giggling. Beads of sweat started forming on my forehead, fear making itself room in my heart. The voice sounded otherworldly and evil. It had an innocence attached to it though. I thought of listening to it because it was the best thing to do after all this endless running. I finally arrived before the trench. Looking back, I didn't see the bullies anymore. I just heard them making pig sounds, like they were ready to be sent to the slaughterhouse. Thank you, I found myself saying, a sigh of relief leaving my lungs. You are welcome, Danny. Do you want to be my friend? The voice of a boy now asked me. Well, who are you? I mean, thanks for your help but I don't even know you, I said. Oh, you'll see me. You'll see me and we'll play in the forest like friends. I'll take care of those bastards for you, he replied. His voice sounded raspy, as if he hadn't had any water to drink in a very long time. My heart throbbed against my ribcage. The thought of another boy here in the forest, one that I didn't even know, made me even more afraid. I thought of the newspaper headlines the next day reading, two local boys found dead, their bodies mutilated beyond recognition, suspects still at large. The bullies were coming closer. I could feel their need to hurt me and possibly kill me. I could practically smell my fear. It was a nasty smell, one that resembled rotten boiled eggs. I gagged and tried to hold back my vomit, but couldn't. I let it all out, and that's when they heard me. Don't move, Danny. Let them come. I'll get them, and you can run back home, the boy said. Where are you? I can't see you. What's your name? I cried. Who the fuck you talking to, freak? Have you lost your goddamn mind? I bet you did, didn't you? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot stupid cunt faces like you have no brains inside their skulls, Kevin said, laughing. The other three kids who were with him laughed too. Somewhere nearby, snow fell from one of the evergreen branches. They got startled and turned to see what had happened. I lunged forward and began running again. I prayed for whatever was in the forest with me to save my life and scare those bastards away. I felt tears in the corner of my eyes and I didn't know if I was crying 
or if they were there because of the freezing cold. I didn't even know how much time had passed since I got inside the forest. The wind intensified, and the cold stung my face like a swarm of wasps, wanting to make it all puffy and swollen before Kevin the Bulldog and his gang had cut it open. I heard them oinking and squealing like pigs do, and they were all laughing like psychopaths. My very own life was at stake, and I had to do everything in my power to survive. Keep running forward, and you'll see a large, old oak tree. There's a big hole in it. You must hide there. I'll turn their laughs into screams, just like I screamed a very long time ago. I'll make the earth swallow them, the voice of the little boy said again. My heart began drumming inside my chest. I knew what he was going to do. He was going to kill them all. But how could he do it? It was one against four, and his voice sounded tired, like he was very frail and way younger than them. I got inside the tree hole, and everything was dark around me, except the opening of the tree. I could hear them approaching somewhere on my left, the snow crunching under the soles of their shoes. Please don't kill them. It's not worth it. I'll just wait until they're gone and head on home. I whispered inside the tree. I hoped the boy could hear me somehow. Hi, I'm Willie, said the boy now standing outside the tree. When I saw him, I froze. The functions of my body all ceased to work, and an immense, dark cloud of fear fogged my mind and poisoned my soul. The little boy couldn't have been older than 10 or 11 years. On his right side of the head, he had a giant hole, and frozen blood that had turned black adorned his face. The eyes were now a sickly blue, almost turned white and they looked like they had stared death in the face. His hoodie was ragged and smeared with mud and blood, and he was hugging a teddy bear at his chest. His jeans were ripped, and he was missing his left shoe. All his toes were now black, and gangrenous and worms squirmed between them, like dancing some sick dance of death. I thought I was going to pass out at the smell of death that was now making its way inside my nostrils. This putrescent and vile miasma was violently and rapidly filling my lungs, intoxicating me with a fear so raw that I never knew existed. The freezing air sent invisible spears of pain and fear all across my skin. I trembled at the sight and I wanted to speak, but the words came out as silent vapors of heat against the dismal cold. Please, don't hurt me. That was all I managed to say. What are you talking about, Danny? We're best friends now, remember? Best friends forever, he replied. Who are you? How can you speak and live when you look like this? I instantly regretted saying these words. They sounded like what a bully would say. The shock was far greater than my ability to convey good phrases. My mind was racing and I wasn't able to say what I wanted to. Who am I, Daniel? Dead. That's who I am. I'm a dead boy, killed without mercy here in the forest. I was murdered and buried here, Willie replied. I saw his face, or rather what remained of it, instantly darkening with anger. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. It's just that I'm scared. You scare me, Willie, I told him. Why? 
Because I'm dead? Or because they will be dead soon? He said, pointing to the four kids that were now approaching us. They saw him and began laughing. <laughs> Who in the fuck's name are you, pale face? Oh, look, guys. He has a teddy bear. That's so sweet, you loser. <laughs> Kevin said, and they were all laughing again. We'll kill you, too. But then Willie turned his other side of the head. They all froze and began screaming in fear. <laughs> Willie dropped the bear on the ground and started limping towards them. Shut up. You can't do anything. I'll kill you. You were trying to hurt my best friend. He shouted. His voice was now like he was gargling on razor blades. They tried to move, but couldn't. Willie got near them. A swarm of flies erupted from his mouth and enveloped all the bully group members. The wind intensified, and I could feel the temperature drop by a few degrees. The deafening buzzing of flies tormenting Kevin and his gang was all but too much for me to bear. Scared, I got out of the tree, and then the earth started shaking. The flies raised the four boys into the air, and their screams were eaten up by the flies. It was like they fed on their fear and pain. Large roots rose from under the earth, and Willie was motioning his hands, manipulating them. It was like they were listening to his commands. Snow and dirt were flying everywhere, and the silence of the forest was no more. Stop it, please. Don't hurt them. It's not worth it. Please. I cried. If you do it, you're no better than them. How could I not hurt them? They are the reason I'm dead. They killed me a long time ago. Now it's my chance to return the favor, Danny, because of them. He pointed to all four kids that were now gasping for air, with the roots squeezing them tighter. I could not rest for a very long time. I couldn't sleep, eat, and be happy. I don't even know who I am anymore. I forgot most of the things from my old life. There has to be another way, please! I yelled as I saw the faces of the four kids turning almost blue. A large root rose from underground in front of me. It slapped me in my chest, sending me reeling back against the oak tree. My vision darkened, and all I saw were stars. The air left my lungs, the wheezing sound resembling a broken trumpet. The coppery taste in my mouth was very much taking over everything else I felt at that moment. I spat. The red saliva stained the white carpet of the forest. Limping, I tried to reason with Willie again. This won't change anything, Willie, please, I said, coughing blood again. You know what they did after they killed me? They buried me inside that oak tree there. You sat atop of my bones while I tried to save you, and this is how you thank me? He screamed, more flies coming out of his mouth and crawling back into his ears. Danny, I'm sorry. We're all very sorry. Please, man, tell him to stop. We're dying over here. Kevin said, his voice cracking. It was the first time I ever saw him being afraid. You shut up, Will said, the roots squeezing harder and harder, almost reaching their throats now. Will, you said they killed you. I could just call the cops and tell them I found your remains here. They'll know what to do, I told him. Well, not them. I told you it was a very long time ago. 
I can't even tell how much time has passed. It was their fathers. You see, their fathers were exactly like them. The bullies of the school. This guy, Kevin, right? He is the exact replica of his dad. Speaking of, he was laughing while he bashed my head in. The other ones tried to stop him, but it was too late, you know? Blood was pouring from my skull, and then they just threw my things away and stuffed my body inside that oak there. He said as I stood there, in silence, not wanting to believe what had happened to this poor kid. I'm awfully sorry to hear that, Will. I am. And I can't imagine what it must feel like right now. I know what it means to be afraid, though. I was afraid my whole life of people like these four there. But it's not worth it. They're not worth it. If you kill them now, others will take their place. It's a never-ending vicious cycle. Don't be like them, please, I replied. But... Will didn't seem to find the words. Kevin's dad is already in jail for another murder he committed. He might not be paying for what he did to you, but he's paying all right. I swear I'll call the police right now and let them know I found you. They'll give you a proper burial, and I will be there to make sure that you can finally rest in peace. Would you like that? I asked him. Yes. I'm so tired of being like this. I just want to go to sleep forever, or to whatever place might take me, he said, whimpering. The roots loosened completely, and they retreated back under the earth. Kevin and his gang tried to speak, but couldn't. I motioned them to go away. You let all that anger consume you, Will. That's why you couldn't rest, I think. But it will get better, I'm sure of it. Listen, you said you don't know who you are anymore. How about if I show you who you are? I asked him, showing him inside of my backpack. Whoa, you draw? He said, and now the flies formed a halo around his head. Yeah. I'll try. Can I draw you? I'll make you a really cool portrait, but only if you get rid of those things, I said, showing him the flies with my pencil. The flies vanished in a second. Will's eyes turned to their normal color again, and I could see that he was just a sweet boy back when he was alive. I saw the light in his eyes right before he was murdered. So. I decided I'd draw him using the hyperrealism technique. I wanted him to see and maybe remember how he really was. It took me maybe an hour to finish it. We didn't say a single word in that time. And done, I exclaimed. Let me see, please, Will said. I turned the picture around and he just stared at it. Tears formed in the corner of his eyes, and a sad smile escaped his mouth. Well, do you like it? I asked. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, he replied. Thank you very much, Danny. I'm speechless. If I wake up again elsewhere, I pray that I'll remember this drawing. Thanks for not killing those kids. I'm sure they learned their lesson, I said while putting the portrait inside a large notebook. Listen, Danny, you too look just like him, you know, like your dad. I hope he is fine. I sure missed him all these years. Thanks, and hopefully I'll see you two again in another life, Will said, vanishing right before my eyes. 
I hope so too, friend, I said, realizing that I was now all alone in the forest. I headed back home, thinking back on this traumatic experience, to think that I could have been dead if not for that poor kid who saved me. Mom and Dad were already home, drinking some hot chocolate in the kitchen. What on earth happened to you, child? Mom screamed. Hey, Ma, I just slipped on some mud back after I got out of school. No biggie, I told her. I stood in the middle of the kitchen, all dirty and soggy. I was a mess, and Dad was barely containing his laughter. I took off my backpack and realized I forgot to zip it. The notebook fell on the floor and opened right where the portrait was. Dad saw it, and his face instantly turned pale. All color left his cheeks, and he was as white as the snow outside. Then he just started crying. He just curled on the chair, shaking his head. Dad, what's going on? I asked, but figured out the answer before he could say it. That boy, he was my best friend.